And we're back. This is Corey. We're back with Ladies First. I'm joined by Molly today. Say hi, Molly. Hi. I know. I bet you guys thought we were done. Like, dunzo, dunzo. Stick a fork in it. It's been several months, we understand. We had to take a hiatus. Elizabeth and Sahara and I, we just... Sometimes fandom gets a lot, y'all. Sometimes fandom gets a lot. So we took a break. But we're back. And we have a whole lot of stuff we're going to be discussing over the next couple of months. But Molly is joining me today because we have something extra super special that has pissed off both of us. And we just want to talk about it. And that yeah, is... That... Go ahead, Molly. I was just going to say pissed off seems to be my general state with fandom at the moment. Well, yes. But we're talking about a very specific subset of fandom that most of us have really, really been bashing our heads against the wall over since the whole Captain Marvel hullabaloo started. And, you know, we lived through months of a certain segment of fandom that is, by large, male. There are a few women in there who go along with it because they freely admit it brings them in YouTube revenue. So, thanks, ladies. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Anyways... The backlash. We're talking about the backlash today and how we're sick of it. And Molly and I kind of started talking about this because not too long ago, the trailer for the 2019 Charlie's Angels movie dropped. The one with Kristen Stewart and Naomi Scott from Power Rangers and Aladdin. I'm not giving Kristen Stewart an introduction because everybody who's listening to this already knows who she is. Let's be real. And then it also has Elizabeth Banks and everybody, for some reason, their favorite white dude at the moment, Noah Centineo. And then also the other angel member, Ella Balinska. So that's what started and Patrick this. Patrick Stewart's in it, right? Yeah, he's in there for, he's a Bosley. We'll get to that in a minute. There's like oh, three different Bosleys okay. in here. Um, right. But what started this was because I watched the trailer and I was really excited and I was really happy. And then at the moment the trailer ended, my mentality went to immediate defensive mode because I was just like, oh, I know what all the internet dude bros are going to say about this. And it just completely harshed my enjoyment of the trailer. Yeah, yeah, the I I didn't get it early. I got it, it to the trailer like 6 hours or so after it dropped. The um war in the thumbs up thumbs down bar was strong. Like yeah. not the strongest I've seen, but strong. And this is where Molly and I kind of got talking about it and we're like, you know, we're just sick and tired of letting that online backlash just completely overshroud anything we want to enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll admit, some of the backlash I expected, like, I don't like it and I don't necessarily get it, but I expected, like, I expected it with Captain Marvel. I expected it with the 2016 Ghostbusters. I expect it with uh, the Star Wars movies nowadays. To be honest, I expected it with Charlie's Angels, but I was expecting it from the people who watched the, you know, early to mid-2000s Charlie's Angels, you know, the Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, Cameron Diaz set. I was expecting mm -hmm. backlash from them, like, oh, my childhood backlash. 
But like we yeah. got with the Captain Marvel and with the Ghostbusters, there is a distinctly male backlash, dude bro backlash, that reared its ugly head. I just thought Charlie's Angels would be safe since like it it's a it, it's a thing that has always been female. Like with Ghostbusters they were swapping out a group of male of men for a group of women. With Captain Marvel it was the MCU's first all uh first female lead superhero. And so like I I just I didn't expect it from Charlie's Angels, which was already always female. Oh, oh, this particular contingent of the internet, though, will never, ever disappoint. Because if there is a will, they will find a way to bitch about Mm -hmm. something. Obviously, there's some racial aspects now attached to this Charlie's Angels because two of the Charlie's Angels are not white, so that was an extra fun component that made it super special, too. Um, mm-hmm. Ella Balinska is obviously um, black. Naomi Scott is a uh, Gujarati Indian. And, I mean, Kristen Stewart is an out queer actress, so you can obviously guess how fun some of those comments were. My favorites, though, were the ones talking about how this was a disgrace to the spy genre and it wasn't serious enough. And it Charlie's was too Angels goofy. has never been serious. It has always been hyper camp. Yeah, I I never saw the Lucy Liu movies. They just I was too young when they came out, and it just sort of never went back to check them out. I know the show though. It was it was a jiggle show. It was. Baywatch, but spies, right? Like the whole yeah, point was I mean, Farrah Fawcett, girls in tight people. outfits. It was Farrah Fawcett was in this, and I'm not shading Farrah Fawcett in the slightest. Uh, also, to clarify, Ella Balinska is of Jamaican descent through her mother. Um, Charlie's Angels has always been kind of campy, kind of schlocky, and especially like the original TV series. I mean, we're not talking high art here. This was not serious spy fare. The MCG movies of the um, Charlie's Angels and then Charlie's Angels, what was it, Reloaded? Um, mm-hmm. They were also very, very campy. They had some fun action to it, but Charlie's Angels as a franchise has never, ever, ever been a serious spy franchise. And, I mean, nope. more to that, I think... This trying, it's this revisionist history that's being deployed. Um, we saw this with Captain Marvel, Brie Larson. She made a wider quote when she was talking about a wrinkle in time, about how she didn't care about what a white critic said about it. She wanted to hear what you know, uh, critics who were people of color or women had to say about it, and somehow, somehow. We have revisionist history at play with this particular group, and they completely rewrote it to say Brie Larson hates all white dudes. I didn't know she'd made that quote. That flew by me. I'm good for her. Yeah, all she's saying is that critics, um, you know, this is something our own film critic, uh, Jeremiah, has often agreed with, is that we need more diverse voices in film criticism. And she was just echoing that, and somehow... The dude bro contingent turned that into she's racist against white men. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's... So... I mean, they'll find it. They'll find a way to make it that. Yeah, and again, I was expecting some backlash for Charlie's Angels just because of, like, we also have this problem as a whole. It's not just the dude bro contingent, but as a whole consumer-wise, we have this problem with rose-colored nostalgia glasses of we watched this at some point in our lives and we will forever compare anything new back to this, even if it really wasn't that good, no matter how good the new thing is. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely see that, and sometimes it's earned because sometimes movies are just trying to cash in on our nostalgia, but... I don't think that's what the Charlie's Angels was going for. There's too many changes. Yeah, and speaking of those changes, we mentioned Bosley earlier. Um, Elizabeth Banks directed and produced this, and she's spoken, from what we've seen so far, she's spoken about how they approached this newer Charlie's Angels. It's like, yeah, this is a specific group, and you have different clusters of angels, and the Bosley is sort of their lieutenant so to speak so it's a designation there is more than one bosley every group has a bosley that is a liaison for the um, field agents or the angels which i thought was actually a really nice way to update it yeah i like that that's good good because you've got jamon hanzu patrick stewart and elizabeth banks are all bosleys in this Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, well, she took it from the 2000s MCG movies of you had somebody different playing Bosley, so she just decided, okay, so why don't we just make this a designation? Every group has their own Bosley, or, you know, like I said, their liaison slash lieutenant slash I'll get whatever done um, point person. And she, obviously, Elizabeth Banks is one of the primary Bosleys for this particular group of angels coming in. Um, and if you haven't seen the trailer, basically it's, you have a unit of two angels comprised of Kristen Stewart and, uh, Ella Belinska, and they come into contact with Naomi Scott's character, who is not an angel at the start of this. Um, her character, Elena is basically the head of a computer programmer group that has, um, some kind of program that could basically be really, really bad if it's in the wrong hands. So that's how she winds up joining up with the angels. And then, like, Noah Centineo has to worm his way in there. Like, with this is a film slash podcast, and I'm going to get into a little bit of film slash contest here. Like, I totally pinged in that trailer in that one moment when you have Naomi Scott's character jumping up to be like, who are you? And then immediately hiding behind Ella Belinska's very tall character. Like, I mm-hmm. don't know about you, but that is like fem slash bait. And yeah, then, yeah. That... Then they had to go ruin it by telling us that, okay, well, her Ella, Ella Belinska's character, Jane, is obviously interested in Noah Centineo's character. I'm like, whatever. That's what I have fanfic for. <laughs> That's I what, pinged, yep. It pinged. We're good. Pinging is good. Pinging is enough. Um, you know, obviously, Kristen Stewart is an out queer actress, so we don't even know uh, what she's going to be in the show. But there, there is queer enough content to go around. And 
You know, if you had something else that pinged for you in the trailer, obviously let us know in the comments uh, once this is published and you can listen to it. But for me personally, it was just that tall, small, especially um, just that dynamic of like neurotic, small person hiding behind a much bigger, tougher, kind of more serious person. You know, that's that's a very fond fanfic trope, I think. I agree. I like it. So, um, but here's the thing. It's not just Charlie's Angels they've done this to. And Charlie's Angels is the one that got us talking about it. But also right around the same time, we started getting new trailers, new stills for uh, the new Terminator movie, uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Which mm-hmm. also basically has a walking, talking WLW thirst trapped. Uh, oh, yes. Played by Mackenzie Davis. Um, to whom some of our listeners will recognize because we talked about her and her role in Black Mirror San Junipero, but she's back again and again playing a walking, talking queer thirst trap. And I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else yes. I can say about that. <laughs> that 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 character design was deliberate. Um, I have to believe that that haircut with that shirt was deliberate. Yeah, I mean, obviously it made a lot of queer women's day when that dropped, Mm -hmm. but we also have, you know, this, again, it's the trinity of this Terminator movie is three women. One of them is a woman of color. Um, The bad Terminator is played by Diego Boneta, who is a person of no, Diego Boneta is somebody else in here. The uh, Gabrielle Luna is whom I'm thinking of. Um, who both of them are uh, men of color. Natalie Re- Natalia Reyes is the Danny Ramos character. She's one of the Trinity that I was talking about. So you've got her, you've got Mackenzie Davis, and then you have the amazing returning Linda Hamilton. Yes, I don't know if they if they got the nerve to do this because of how well last year's Halloween went or not, but I am glad to see this trend continuing. I think this has probably been in the works a little bit longer, just knowing how films are scheduled and everything, but I know um, the director for this basically pretty much Tim Miller, the director, I remember him saying that he had called her three times before she even picked up the phone before he launched into this, I need you back, I want to do this, and Linda Linda Hamilton had thought she was done with this character and then realized, you know, maybe there is more story to mine and um, did a lot of legwork on building that character up to where she is now, apparently. But I'm also just like, how many men started saying, oh, well, we loved Linda Hamilton in Terminator, and we loved Sigourney Weaver in Alien, so you can't say we don't like uh, female-led action movies when, you know, Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman were coming out and there was all that backlash. Mm-hmm. And surprise, surprise, raise your hand if you totally didn't see this coming, which... Yeah, we all saw this coming. The moment that trailer dropped, we started getting from that same contingent whinging about this movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like really, really, guys, you can't even be consistent. And like, just on Sony levels, because like, 
around the same time, maybe a little bit before the first Terminator trailer dropped, a new Rambo movies trailer dropped, and it's Sylvester Stallone. And I'm just glaring at everyone talking about Linda Hamilton being too old for this because Sylvester Stallone is trying to be Rambo still. I know, that's You don't my get thing. to be happy about one and not the other. Like, have you seen Linda Hamilton and the shape she got into for this movie? I mean, she could break any of us in half. Let's let's just be real here. She could kick any of our asses. And y'all are going to be whinging about her when you still have old Sly over there. I'm going to do another Rambo movie. I'm going to, what was it called? Last Blood? Last Blood, I think. Yeah. Playing, weirdly enough, Old Town Road. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, I... admittedly fits the tone of the trailer, but it was a little odd. Yeah, I mean, you know, go ahead and get that money for having your song used, but I'm just, uh, seriously, the the inconsistency on the complaints here. Oh, she's too old. He's not old. Huh, I wonder, I wonder if there's maybe some misogyny in play here. Mm-hmm. But, and then Mackenzie Davis, like, I kind of knew that would piss people off. Kind of did hoped it would be balanced out, but yeah. Well, it was to the point but, where Tim Miller came out and said Mackenzie Davis's character would make, what was it? I'm paraphrasing, but he essentially said would make online trolls shit their pants or something to that effect. Something to that effect. The yeah. online trolls tried this again. They had this weird thing with revisionist history where if you say a lie often enough, people believe it, which sadly is true, but they started saying, mm-hmm. well, we've never said anything bad about this, and then you saw everybody on Twitter start pulling out receipts of like, really? Because you said it on this date and on this date and on this date and on this tweet over here too. So I, I like that you have people starting to say, no, I'm not going to let you do this revisionist history bullshit. The problem mm-hmm. is not everybody is going to see those receipts. So it's the same thing yep. with the Brie Larson phenomenon. That's how that got started. Not everybody sees the receipts and, they may be predisposed, you know, to not wanting a woman being too quote-unquote high on herself, and all of a sudden, oh, I believe that she totally said this too. I believe everything bad that somebody said about her. And then, even if you do try to start giving them, give them receipts, it's like, no, I'm in my little chamber. <sighs> Which, again, like how- you know, fandom has a problem with this in general. You see it in ship wars. Um... And other subsets of fandom, but it, it, we're focusing right now on the lady-centered pieces of media that seem to have a very specific demographic doing backlash with either just, you know, really harmful insults or outright lies. I like how quickly a lot of these guys have turned their back on the first Deadpool movie because of Tim Miller. There is, it's just, like, I know it's not a lady-centric Deadpool, but I like how they've just been, like, they went from worshipping it to he made fun of them, and now they're talking about how it's so overrated. Well, it's um, weird how this manifests sometimes. Well, and you also see, like, this revisionist bit with, like, oh, well, Wonder Woman is totally acceptable. 
Captain Marvel should be more like Wonder Woman. We ne- we never made fun of Wonder Woman. It's like, really? Y'all sued a freaking theater because they tried to have a lady-only screening. One single lady-only screening, and you couldn't even let women have that. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I wasn't keyed in as much. I can see... Sorry. I can see that I feel like the backlash to Captain Marvel was a bit louder than the backlash to Wonder Woman. I don't know exactly why that would be. Probably just that the MCU is a bit bigger and more popular than DC these days. Well, also, uh, it's... Wonder Woman was the first, and it still had a lot of backlash. Um, There was a lot of body shaming for Gal Gadot. They're like, oh, she's not strong enough, or oh, she has no tits, which they said. Um, Or, oh, she's... Wonder Woman got backlash. The the fact that they're trying to do the revisionist history and claim that we never said this backlash about Wonder Woman is an outright lie. Um, again, they tried latching their wagons onto Alita Battle Angel, which is really bizarre because the main actress for Alita, Rosie Salazar, is completely against everything they stand for. Uh, but they're trying to find this... Captain Marvel is far more brash, I think, is what it is, than what we've seen Diana be. Diana is compassionate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Carol Danvers is, you know, I think with my fists, which is good. We want more films with more depictions of women. You know, women are not all the same. And for some reason, I think now that we're getting even more out here, they're finding women that they consider, okay, well, this one is at least more palatable to me. So now we'll just try to divide and conquer, you know? Mm-hmm. They've accepted that they can't keep women completely out, so now they need, they've decided to work on choosing what women are acceptable. Exactly. Um, you know, you and I talked about this like two weeks ago, I think at Comic-Con, two, three weeks ago at Comic-Con when Disney had their big announcement and they brought out Thor for the fourth movie and announced that Jane Foster was coming back as Thor. And there was a huge backlash to that. Like, not my Thor. Remember the hashtag, not my Thor? Yeah. I find that, like... I know comics aren't as popular as they used to be, and so a significant part of the MCU fandom probably doesn't read the comics, but you could have done a little Googling to see that this wasn't something the movie pulled out completely out of nowhere. Well, the problem is you had it coming from the comics section, too. The comic readers were like, oh, nobody read Lady Thor. Everybody hated her. And you have... Maybe Thor like, was one of the ob- most popular things Marvel's done in years. I know, that is objectively untrue. And again, it's with this whole, this attempt to revise history going on to make people think that, oh, well, I guess this if they're saying this, it must be real. And here's my thing. People, don't believe everything people are telling you on the internet. Go look it up yourself. Mm-hmm. It takes five minutes. Like, and that's not to say there is nothing, there isn't any valid validity to complaining about things. Obviously, like think like Captain Marvel had some issues, and as a movie, and we couldn't, didn't really want most people didn't want to say anything because of this backlash. And but like there is, and like I have always had a few problems with Natalie Portman as an actress, and 
particularly her role as Jane's, but maybe it'll... So I'm a little iffy, but at the same time, there's valid backlash, and the, I mean, valid criticism, and mm-hmm. then there's backlash. backlash. Well, and, you know, I will say to Natalie Portman's defense and Jane Foster, she was playing Jane Foster in the Ike Perlmutter era, which... Mm-hmm is its own can of worms and she is now back for another round so we will get to see fun fact patty jenkins was supposed to be directing thor 2 that would have been interesting probably better wouldn't have wasted christopher eccleston she wound up being let go and um apparently allegedly natalie portman was really upset about that as well which I don't blame her, but at least Patty Jenkins got Wonder Woman, and we got a really good Wonder Woman movie. Um, th- there's other, also the issue of people being able to understand. It's like there's constructive criticism, and then there's this just like you said backlash. There's a matter of personal preference, and then there's backlash. Me personally, I loved almost every single thing about Captain Marvel. That movie was completely and utterly my jam. I understand where some people have issues. I'm like, I could see your point. But... Yeah, no, like... I mean, it's very much... Sorry. It's No, it's fine. It's just a difference of, like, constructive criticism versus this movie sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. I'm... Oh, I just... It just clicked with me. I'm not looking forward to what the reaction to Birds of Prey is going to be, like when that trailer comes out. Oof. Doom. 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 Everything is going to be terrible. But, An entire but, but, movie but. about ladies. Yeah. Some of whom are going to be queer and or not white. Let's take a moment of silence. A preemptive moment of silence. I'm not okay, even Catholic, and I just crossed myself. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's like, we they are so predictable, this certain online contingent, that we know exactly what they're going to start coming after. I do not envy Kelly Rose, or Kelly Marie Tran, or Daisy Ridley once this final Star Wars movie, was it The Rise of Skywalker, starts kicking into gear, because it's going to come again. Both of them got ran off of social media. Yep. Yeah, and like again, like okay, yeah, there there's been some criticisms to make about the sequ- Star Wars sequel trilogy, but most of what I'm hearing has not been that. It's the backlash. There is always there's always going to be room to talk about movies or what you thought narratively worked for you or what didn't narratively work for you. Um but as far as that goes, it's an entirely different ball field from, I hate this, this sucks, we have to boycott this, I, it's failing, I'm going to make up lies about this, I'm going to send threats to people over this. I mean, there's a pretty clear distinction here. I'm going to pirate the movie and re-edit it so that there are literally no women oh present. My God. They did that with Star Wars, and they did it with Endgame, and they made objectively terrible movies because you cut out almost every interesting thing about it. What I find, what I want to know is, so 
the from what I, I understand, I haven't worked up the morbid curiosity to watch these cuts, but the last Jedi recut was almost just was pretty much just the women, but um, the um, Endgame one went further and cut out like people who weren't white. Yeah, they and cut out all so I, T'Challa. They cut out um, Thor talking to his mom. They cut out basically all of Fat Thor, quote unquote. Um, mm-hmm. Anything that wasn't just super macho, I'm a hero, they more or less cut out. Which makes me curious. I want to know if they're going to, quote unquote, evolve with the Rise of Skywalker pirated it version. Like the, what was it, the straight white male version? Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with that. I mean, obviously we'd have to see the movie first, but the leading uh-huh. trio here is two people of color, one white lady, and I'm like, uh-huh. if they evolve to those guidelines, I don't know that they've got much of a movie left. I don't get know the that they... get the opening and the closing credits. Maybe a cut of Chewbacca. I don't... Yeah, oh yeah, because like, and Lando's coming back, so who knows if he gets a pass because he's from the classic or not. Well, it depends, I guess, on if they think he's a quote-unquote cuck or not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just, it is ridiculous. And here's one of the bigger points I wanted to make. It was like, at some point, I have to take responsibility for myself on if I let that backlash like permanently affect if I can enjoy something or not. Yeah, no, I I, I hear you. I um, was living in a very conservative part of the country this time last year. I uh, I had to work up a lot of courage to go see Black Panther or Tomb Raider, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, it, it wasn't fun. But uh, wound up seeing both of them three times. So suck it. Yeah, and at, at some point, it's the more we keep obsessing over the backlash and talking about the backlash, the more power we start giving them because then they get to shape the narrative on how we talk about this. They get to shape the narrative on how we view this because, again, I saw Charlie's Angels and I immediately got defensive instead mm-hmm. of just letting myself enjoy it. And we were. You know, Molly and I were talking about this, and what was it I said? It's like, we have to start enjoying our stuff like white girls like pumpkin spice. Yes, that that, that is a good metaphor, and I appreciate it, as, particularly as someone who rather does not like pumpkin spice. But that's the thing. It's like, uh, okay, white ladies, this y'all are kind of amazing about this. No matter how many times people talk shit about you and your pumpkin spice lattes or your pumpkin spice candles or, you know, whatever comes with pumpkin spice. It doesn't matter. You just shut it down and you go and get your lattes and your candles and whatever and you enjoy it no matter what anybody says. And we have got to, on our end, stop letting... And this is just my opinion. We have got to stop letting that particular contingent of fandoms dictate how we consume things and how we enjoy things. And even, you know, stop letting getting into our heads to where we are immediately defensive and unable to enjoy content that we've been looking forward to because we're so worried about what the backlash is going to be. 
Like I, this is probably the only time I'm going to say this. We have start. We have got to start being more like white ladies and pumpkin spice. Yeah, yeah. I feel really I, weird I, having said that, but I, I, I stand I can't by think that of another point. context for it. So yeah, I stand by that point of again. It's like it does not matter what they throw at you. You're gonna like your thing anyway, and just keep going on about your business. Yeah, you just certain point you just gotta work it up and try and work around the hate it's just we because like it this hate it does matter like we can't just say that Mm -hmm. the trolls gonna troll because like um i haven't seen it too much in film that i've noticed but i know that like in comics like there was a part where marvel not too long ago had like a brief panic and started canceling because they they felt in the words of their I forget his position but he said that the internet had made it clear that they that people didn't want to read comics about women or people of color and so they mm-hmm. decided to just cancel and so or shunt aside or downgrade pretty much everything that wasn't a team or a solo white dude and I am uh, there. This is actually an entirely different episode that we could do because there, there is a multitude of reasons and just a bottomless pit of context to looking into why comics aren't reaching certain target audiences. And there's a lot of gatekeeping involved, and there's a lot of um, cost involved. And you know, it, it's looking at readership. Ha- you know, reader habits. There's a lot of things involved as to, you know, why certain comics may not sell as well as traditional titles when they're aimed at different demographics. And it's because personally, I think, you know, the comic publishers aren't actually trying to reach them in a way that that demographic can be reached. But like I said, that's an entirely, pardon me, different episode that we could talk about, which I, I love talking about stuff like that. But as far as that easy scapegoat of, oh, well, they just don't buy it. Like, really? Because Kamala Khan, a.k.a. Miss Marvel, you know, or Squirrel Girl, or, I mean, Lady Thor. Like, all of these have been, like, really well-selling titles. Look me in the eyes and tell me Gwenpool isn't popular. Gwenpool's, pardon me, is another one. Spider-Gwen. Um, there are a lot of these newer titles that they are objectively popular, but Marvel with their practices does not give them a chance. And then Mm -hmm. they just pull the plug and say, oh, well, they're just not popular because reasons. Um, Mm -hmm. the only one I really just thought was objectively not good. And this is probably going to get pitchforks coming out at me was America her solo run I wanted to like that so badly I love America Chavez I love her and I was heartbroken when I started reading it and I was like oh okay well this is just it's just not for me that's okay and then I kept reading it I was like this just something is not clicking here but that is like Mm. one title out of how many a lot yeah yeah, I'm like, uh, there's always going to be some titles that just don't click, even for, like, the straight white dude titles. That's just the nature of the business. Not everything works all the time. That's normal. 
acting like the Kamala Khan and the Squirrel Girl and the Gwenpools and the, you know, the Kate Bishop Hawkeye, like, those aren't selling? Like, are you serious? Miles Morales? Seriously? Mm-hmm. But again, it was that online discourse that they make themselves seem bigger than they are and they talk themselves up to believing they're bigger than they are. I mean, you remember that conspiracy theory around Captain Marvel where they're like, Disney's buying out all the theaters to inflate ticket sales. Yeah. Because that totally makes sense. We're going to spend all of our money for no reason. Let's just light it on fire. I thought they couldn't find a more ridiculous conspiracy theory than Disney was actively working to um, sabotage the DCEU, but they found one. Oh, like I said, don't ever underestimate them, because they will always surpass your expectation of stupid with flying colors. But, again, mm-hmm. that said, they are always going to be working to surpass that, that expectation. On our end, we can control how much we let it affect us. So, yeah. at that point, it's like time to hashtag pumpkin spice it, and just be like, whatever, I'm going I'm to go enjoy it. You know, it doesn't matter what you say. I'm going to go enjoy the thing. Yeah, I I just got to apply that recently when I bought the new Wolfenstein game. I was like, I'm just going to – it's a, it's about the two teenage daughters of the grizzled male hero trying to rescue him. The guy the – guy, the guy who's been the hero for the last three games is now the damsel in distress being saved by his teenage daughters. As they go out to not apologetically kill the Nazis, and I'm just like, I am just oh, I bet going that to. Oh, sh- was great. <laughs> oh, what I love about it is that the company that makes it just leans into it. They're like, "Look, there's no reason to be upset if you're not a Nazi, and if you're not a Nazi, and, and if you are a Nazi, screw you. We don't care about your feelings." Mm-hmm. Well, Wolfenstein has managed to become progressive. By staying exactly the same and not both siding the Nazis. And it's kind of amazing. It's amazing, but it's also in our current society kind of really sad. Um, Yes. But But again, you pumpkin spiced it. Yes. I haven't read read or watched a single review. I just, I'm not, I'm not open myself up to that. I just, I enjoyed the game. It has its flaws. It had some creative decisions I wouldn't have made. It had some mechanical decisions I wouldn't have made. But you know what? I'm enjoying this, and I already know what, what most of the critics that I usually like are going to say about it. I'm just not opening myself up to that. I'm going to play this game. I'm going to have fun doing it. Exactly. You know what? We should be making a t-shirt or something that says hashtag pumpkin spice with a little latte or like a spice shaker. (laughs) If anybody's listening to this when it comes out, I mean, obviously you're listening to it. But if you think we should maybe work on an idea like that, let us know in the comments. And then we'll maybe uh, consider it. But I do think I want to make the hashtag pumpkin spice a thing. Every time I start getting upset by the online backlash discourse, I'm just going to hashtag pumpkin spice it. I like that. I think I'm going to have to do that, too. So, that's basically what we wanted to get out this episode. It's a little bit shorter than most of our episodes are. um, But I do want to talk about Ladies First as a whole. Elizabeth and Sahar and I, uh, we did take a little break just because 
like I mentioned at the beginning, fandom can sometimes be a lot. And sometimes for your own mental health, you just need to take a little hiatus. That said, uh, we are back. Elizabeth and I, in particular, thought we were done with Supergirl. We thought we were over it. We got sucked back in. And we're going to have to talk about it again. So you have at least a Supergirl episode, a pretty in-depth meta look and analysis. And we're probably going to talk about Supercore, too, to look forward to. Um, Obviously, there's some comic stuff that we're going to be bringing up because there's going to be Lady Thor coming back. There's going to be in the movies. There's other movies coming out. Um, We're going to have to talk at one point about one division just because I was going to brush it off until I found out they're putting my baby Monica Rambeau in there. So I feel like I have to watch it for her. Uh, Molly, did you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I was just react wincing at how bad that name is. Like, oh, it's a terrible name. Like, I would like, finally maybe get Wanda where she's actually using her powers. I know she's going to be in the new Doctor Strange movie, um, the Multiverse of Madness. But I'm like, Wanda Vision? Are like seriously? Is this fifth grade? I get aspects of it. It's um. Like, they've never called her Scarlet Witch in the movie, so they couldn't just name the show Scarlet Witch and Vision. They're the only leading of a pair of a show that is a couple, so they're doing the Brangelina. But, and like, I would have watched the sh- I'm going to watch the show. Like, even, like, Monica Rambeau being in it is wonderful. I would have watched it regardless because I love Elizabeth Olsen's Wanda. She's one of my favorite parts of the MCU. I... But that name is just—it's so bad. I was just trying, honestly, I was hoping Vision was just done and dead, and we could see Wanda move on. And yeah, I, was like, I don't really want to watch any part of this. And then they announced Captain Marvel's going to be in—not Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau is going to be in there. And I'm like, well, now I have to watch it. Great, this is just fabulous. Yeah, I normally like Paul Bettany, but. Something about his vision has never clicked for me, and I could not care less about him and Wanda as a couple. But so, like, I would have been very much happier with a Scarlet Witch solo or Scarlet Witch and Monica, though I don't know what you would have called that. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'll, we'll get I a bonus Shauna Lynch sighting cameo. Speaking of backlash, that was another one. Remember a few weeks ago when they were like, oh, she's going to be the first ever 007, and a tabloid reported it with just the right kind of wording that was misleading to make people think she was taking over James Bond, and that got so ugly. Again, pumpkin spicing. We're pumpkin spicing it. Mm -hmm. Seriously, let us know if you want a shirt design for that. We'll maybe whip something up for you. Um, anyway, so yes, ladies first, we are going to be returning to a regular schedule basis. We've got some comic stuff to talk about. I'm sure Molly is probably going to be back here with me ranting about WandaVision whenever it does drop because I'm going to have thoughts since I have to watch it. And since I know she's already going to watch it, I might as well bring her with me. <laughs> for Thank it. you. I will be happy for that. Um, Elizabeth and I are going to be talking, obviously, about Supergirl. Um we have another podcast coming up. If you are not a Fundamentals Plus member, you may want to think about getting on that because a couple of us are going to be going fairly in-depth comparing 
She-Ra to Steven Universe. So that might be something you're interested in. Uh, also, Ladies First will be taking a look at She-Ra as well. Um, I have things to say. Uh, we talked about Season 1 and some people did not care that we came down so hard on Katra. And I have to admit, I've watched the next two seasons... I've thought about how hard I came down on Katra, and yeah, no, I have the exact same damn opinion. Terrible. Terrible. Toxic. Sorry. Sorry. If you were expecting something different. Nope, it just solidified in my mind. This is not a Katra fan over here. Uh, But we will be talking about it again, so, you know... Have your pitchforks and knives out if you're a Catra fan when that episode drops. And then, um... Yeah, good luck to you. Yeah, we'll have some more comic stuff as well. Um, You know, Birds of Prey, obviously, there's potential for queer content in there. I'm going to be really mad if we don't get Poison Ivy and Harley. But we're obviously going to have to talk about Birds of Prey at some point. And then there's the upcoming... And I'm going to see if I can get Molly to come back with me on this when I want to talk about Harley Quinn, the animated version with Poison Ivy. Oh, absolutely. That I've been holding off on D- getting DC Universe's script subscription until I know that that's not going to get canceled or shunted to something else. So I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to wait until everybody else lets me know if there's actual queer content or not. And then I'm going to watch it. But, yeah, Molly's going to be back. We'll be talking about, you know, the Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy. Um, Either, you know, bitching that they didn't put it on the show and talking about their comics history, or, you know, we're going to be celebrating that they put it on the show. But either way, we're going to be talking about that. Um, WandaVision, obviously, we have to talk about. Birds of Prey. And there's just going to be other stuff trickling around. And, you know, Molly's kind of my comics friend. Elizabeth has tried, bless her heart. But sometimes I go off on my Supergirl tangents and she's just like, that's nice. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what happens with when Batwoman comes out. I hope it's good, but I'm a little oh, nervous. That's another one we are obviously going to be talking about, Batwoman, uh, when that drops this fall. Obviously, we'll kind of be following along with... Ava Lance over on Legends of Tomorrow, and then the entire um, crossover event with Elseworlds uh, we will be discussing as well. So basically, however much I can convince Molly to come back and talk comics with me so I'm not the only comics nerd talking about this stuff is how often she's going to be showing up. (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, You guys haven't done a Runaways episode, have you? Huh? You haven't done a Runaways episode yet, have you? Um, I've talked about Runaways. I don't, we didn't, I think we covered it on the site for the first season. We didn't really cover the second season just because unfortunately that first season took so long to get going. Our interest in it kind of died out. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's fair. I was just wondering, I'm like, wait, that's one with a open in WLW. I don't, I don't remember if you've talked yeah, about that. Yeah, it does. I think my thing is I am terrified that they're going to decide to do Zaven and that is just so many levels of we can fuck this up so unbelievably badly that I'm Yeah, afraid. Zaven's that's going to be a that's a messy Zavin's one. Zaven's their own can of worms and how they were written originally is problematic and I'm just like oh, yeah. no, no, I can't do it. 
Yeah, no, that. Well, I don't know. They've deviated from canon so hard to the show that who knows what will happen. Yeah, no, in the comics, I mean, up until maybe recent, I don't follow the comics much after uh, Carolina split with Julie Power, and I got super salty about that. But up until then, um, there was no Carolina and Nico canon pairing, which the show was obviously uh-huh. deviated from. So, but hey, if you guys do, are if you do follow Runaways and you do want us to maybe touch back on that, or if you'd like to know more about the Zaven thing we're talking about, or some other interesting points of comics Runaways, um, let us know in the comments. Um, if there's enough interest, then I will try to bribe Molly to come back to talk Runaways. Oh, you don't have to bribe me. Runaways was my second comic series ever. I'd be, uh, I have a big nostalgia of goggles on it. I would be happy to talk about that. Well, okay then. If you want us to talk Runaways, let us know in the comments, and Molly will come back, and we'll have an episode on it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming up this fall, and we're really excited um, to get back in the swing of things now that we've had our little mental well-being break. We have lots <laughs> of things to say, obviously. So stay tuned. There's tons of stuff coming. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts, uh, The Fundamentalists, Unabashed Book Snobbery, Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics. We also have a new podcast that's been going on for a little over a month called Spell Check. And it's a live RPG podcast. That crew is great. Make sure you check them out as well. And if you want to, you can help support our site by becoming a Fundamentals Plus member. It's $3 a month, so less than a cup of Starbucks coffee a month. Or you can do the yearly option for $30, and you essentially get like two months free if you go that route. But you get access to exclusive content, um, and you also get a discount in our store. Uh, Like I said, we're obviously having a special podcast come up for that. That's going to be an FM Plus podcast that you might be interested in. So if you can support us, that's great. We appreciate it. And as always, the rest of our content is free, and we just appreciate you checking out our site. So one more time, this is Corey. Thank you to Molly for joining me on this extra special episode. Anytime. Happy to help. And we will catch you guys later.